Hey guys, I'm really excited to announce that after 21 short episodes, we have our first sponsor. It's a locally owned and operated nonprofit video rental store called Film is Truth. They have a collection of over 19,000 films in VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. So no matter what platform you watch on, you can find the film you're looking for. They have a little bit of everything, but specialize in foreign, independent, art house, and documentary films, which is super cool because they likely have a selection that you won't be able to find in larger stores or even on some of the larger streaming platforms. This is great for filmmakers especially because you should have a wide background of films to pull from in your own filmmaking. Here at Back to Back Films, we are all about expanding not only our own knowledge, but the knowledge of our listeners, viewing films that we normally wouldn't watch, so this is a really special partnership for us. Film is Truth is open from noon to 9 p.m. every day and can be found here in Bellingham at 1530 Cornwall Avenue, inside the Terra Organica Market. That's convenient for you because you can get your food and your films in one stop. If you are a non-local listener, then you can find them at filmistruth.com or at facebook.com at filmistruth. All right, everyone, enjoy the show. This week's episode of the Back to Back Films podcast. Uh, this week, Jacob is gone again, so Byron and I are doing something a little bit different. Instead of doing like a usual short film or something, you know, mini episode, we're going to be gossipy and talk <laughs> about all the rumors, talk about some movie news for a little while. Um, so, to kick it off, uh, I have an article here that says Spawn Reboot is a low budget superhero movie. Um, actually, well, do you want to talk about Mother anymore Just at go all, ahead with or? your thing first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Spawn Reboot is a low-budget superhero movie. Um, the Spawn Reboot will be a low-budget superhero movie according to one of its producers. This news follows the announcement that Todd McFarlane, the comic book creator of Spawn, has teamed up with Blumhouse Productions to write and direct a big-screen adaptation of his own, of his own work. Jason Blum, who's uh, overseen hit after hit, Paranormal Activity Split, Get Out, with his Blumhouse company, is on board as a producer on the project. So that's pretty dope. Because I think I've talked about this before, but I have a like, guilty pleasure <laughs> spot for like old school Spawn. Um, totally terrible movies, but I don't know. This I just really like that character a lot. I think it's a cool uh, idea for a character and the whole like him versus hell. But he's not good. He's like antihero. See, that's cool that it's him versus he's so it's him versus hell essentially. Yeah, he's not like a good guy. No, he's that's not. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's actually that's unique. He's actually it's, like a terrible person. It's, it's like, like <laughs> more like Punisher kind of, okay. where he's just like super antihero. But uh, yeah, it's just it's pretty dope. And then I don't know what low budget. Low budget's interesting because like the creativity that like you use to work around a low budget. Yeah. you know. Um, because they might have more freedom to do dark shit or That's whatever thing, because yeah. it's a more low budget. There's not as much of like, you know, st- the stakes are, are less of like, you know, we need to, you know, keep it 
this amount of money so that we for sure make this amount of money for a wide you know audience <laughs> no totally and that's what i think i think that's what jason blum is like saying he's like you know there's the audience probably won't be huge could be a sleeper hit right but you know we'll pump some money into it but it won't be like a ton of money you know and actually he says that uh mcfarlane has mentioned before that his cia agent turned vengeful demonic anti-hero so that's spawn uh <laughs> the creation is not the biggest role in the spawn reboot so he'll actually be kind of like a like the other spawn was like the origin story type of story right. so like this one you know is going to be more of like he he okay another thing to say is he compared the film to jaws explaining that the cop character twitch is spawn's equivalent to sheriff brody who had a lot of screen time in steven spielberg's iconic shark flick because the action scenes were so expensive to shoot so like what happened in jaws was like the well the, they were having trouble with the shark but it was expensive as well so that's why they don't show the shark as much which led to it actually being better right so right. i think in this sense they're <laughs> trying to be like spawn is like the shark and then this cop character is like you know sheriff brody and jaws so it'll focus on the cop who's trying to deal with like that's, this like anti-hero that's cool because if yeah. it is if it if they pull it off and it becomes like a sleeper hit then they could get money to do something that's more yeah. along the lines where it follows, you know, totally. actually spawn, which would be cool. <laughs> and since it's Blumhouse, you know, they're known for some brutal ass horror, so like it's gonna be <laughs> some, you know, sweet, super dope. Um, that's gonna be. I'm pretty stoked about that. So, and it's always cool to see, like, you know, even if the movies that the older movies are kind of corny or old or just dated, you know, haven't dated very well. Even though, and they're that maybe not the best movies. But they have that like a special place in your totally. film heart, yeah. you know. It's always kind of cool to have that hope that well, maybe this will bring back, you know, something, something yeah. that you loved from before that could make it better, you know. Which is always exactly. Fun. <laughs> and I'm not so attached to that like the original one where it's like, well, this isn't like the original. It's like right. I want to see this done differently, differently like, yeah. for sure. And he says that uh, his vision for the new Spawn movie, McFarland's anyway, is. Um, Dark, nasty, and R-rated. Oh, sweet, <laughs> so, sweet. yeah. Um, so no PG-13 bullshit. No, dude. This, <laughs> this character is way more along the lines of, like, Logan, like, the brutality. It'll sweet. probably be, like, the brutality of Logan, you know, and, like, Deadpool in a way where there is that graphic. Because he, he's, like, a violent soup, like, See, that's, gnarly, yeah. you know, superhero. It's cool that, you know, like, Logan and Deadpool have paved the way, hopefully, for more of these reboots that maybe weren't so successful back in the day because maybe they were... They, the the comics were violent so that but because they didn't have like that type of movie being made they made him like you know not dumb them down but they they censored themselves mm. to make it PG-13 or even PG yep. um, and then of course they didn't probably do as well as they probably could have exactly. <laughs> if they hadn't have done that exactly so. but that, that's the thing it's a trade off it's like well do we want to get all the kids that could go to a PG-13 right. movie or do you want to make a more brutal movie uh, you know yeah and now that there you know it's funny because there is a fine line now some you know there are some PG-13 movies that I'm kind of surprised that aren't rated R mm -hmm. and then there's some R-rated movies that I'm like this could totally be PG-13 like what the hell you know so it's like there is a fine line now that maybe I think 
back in the day there wasn't as much yeah. of a fine line. So it's changed a lot where they yeah. opened up the rules where it can be PG thirteen right. for sure. And it, it sucks because it's just up to the discretion of like a small group of people. Yeah, which I can't ridiculous. wait to, to talk about that too. Yeah, uh, at some point is. on this, but we will for sure. It's too. pretty pretty crazy for sure. <laughs> uh, so it breaks another September box office record. It continued its record play uh, record pace at the d- domestic box office Tuesday by smashing another September record. The first big screen adaptation of Stephen King's chilling 1986 classic novel. It has been for, uh, forced to be reckoned with since Thursday night previews where it pulled in $13.7 million to set the record for the highest grossing September preview. Ever? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's damn. It's been breaking records like crazy. Um, it had the biggest Friday weekend and Monday on record. On top of that, the film has already set several records for a horror movie in September, as well as a new record for the biggest opener for a horror film ever. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. So it beats, yeah. like, even with inflation, it beats, like, The Exorcist Apparently. Holy crap. And then it says, in addition, uh, it became the highest grossing Stephen King movie of all time. Wow. Yeah, it's funny because Stephen King has had a year this year. I mean, with the Dark Tower, which I don't think did super well. I don't think no, it, like, it did terribly. Like, yeah. I, like so, it, it's kind of weird to think of it as also like a Stephen King thing. But it is a series that he's known for. But you know, so he's had that, and then he's had it come out in two. You know, in the same two movies in one year is interesting. Didn't he have something else too? I thought he had something else I, this I year. He did did he do? Was he a part of like a TV show or something? Or something. Yeah, he had, um, there was like one other one of his movies that was being like talked about. It's crazy because he he's done so much stuff that I can't even keep track of. You know. Well, this says he's had. 33 movies have been adapted from his work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty insane. <laughs> Probably from what, the 70s on up, right? Uh, yeah. So that's about, that's almost like, a long, yeah. almost, wow, that's like almost a movie every other year or so. Pretty close. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, or about every year, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so it says... Uh, 11.4 million in domestic ticket sales set a record for the biggest September Tuesday ever. Wow. Um, and it's on its second week as number, number one, one, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I have a... See, I have a second article. Or let's just say this real quick. Um, in fact, it's Tuesday gross. It's... Tuesday Gross is on par with some of the all-time biggest Tuesdays in November, which belong wow. to the likes of Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Holy shit. Hunger Games, Mockingjay, and the Twilight Saga. So it's like up wow, there. Wow, up there with the Twilight Saga. And they're talking Holy about those crap. films came out in November, and this which one's is in more, September. Yeah, which is more movie time. Exactly. Like, more people are going to the movies in, Nove- in November. Exactly. That's insane. Totally crazy. Um, and then, didn't I have another... Oh, yeah. So this is more a little more current. Article's a little more current. Uh, as expected, it won the weekend with $60 million in its second frame. So $60 million, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I'm not really familiar with the director. I don't know what he's done before this. I don't know this. either. So, and it was supposed to be Kerry Fukunaga was, like, on the at the very beginning right, of all this, which, too. That would have been cool. That would have been different. I feel that he's he's so good at what he does, though. It, it, it's probably better if he does his own material, I think, yeah. just because he, he does such a good job with his own stuff. But um, it's funny because, yeah, like I, I don't, I'm not familiar with this, this guy's oh, work at all. The only other thing he's done is the Mama short film and then the Mama feature film. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so he did Mama. Yeah. Wow. That's it, though. Dang. So that's interesting. 
pun intended, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, but uh, he, it's funny because, like, you know, it's kind of a beloved classic. It's kind of kind of impressive that they gave him the reins to this thing. Well, Mama was made on a approximate budget of fifteen million and made almost one hundred and fifty. So, Holy shit. you know. <laughs> And which is a trip because he made the short film and then it wasn't until five years later that he was able to make Mama and then four years after that. So, wow. like, what the hell is this guy doing Yeah, cause I think in the meantime? Del Toro saw the short, I think, at some film festival or something. He was involved with it. Yeah. I thought he was supposed to direct at one point, but I think maybe he... Yeah, because then I think he, he then just became producer for the feature length. Right, and exactly. It helped, um, but then the I don't. I don't it. see him pr- as producer anymore. So he might have been early on. Oh, okay. Oh, Jessica Chastain is in it. I didn't know that. It's and, my and Nicol- Nikolai Kosterwalda, the uh, Jamie Lannister. Yeah, you know that movie. I was kind of disappointed just because every when it came out, everybody was like you know hyping it up and yeah. it's like really cool, really cool and stuff. So of course you know I, I I watched it and you know there are elements of it that were really good and then I got. At the end, I got. I just didn't care for it because the the mama monster creature thing looked way too CGI for me. It just took me completely out of yeah. the film. And then it wasn't until like literally a month ago when I was doing um, reading about uh, the new Alien Covenant film and the guy that plays the alien um, in who wears the suit. He's also been in. Um, Crimson uh, Peak, which is Del Toro, oh, okay. and he's b- done a lot of these creature um, movies where he's played the creature because he's like he's like seven foot something, and he's like super super thin, so he can get into yeah, these that makes like yeah. sinewy looking characters. But I heard that I found out that one of his first films was playing the mama creature in Mama. So I thought that was interesting. That so they must have used a hybrid of CGI and so costumes. Was, is that for that not, movie. That's not the same guy who played the fawn in. A different guy from the fawn, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. In uh, Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. But that guy's kind of a known creature. creature so Del Toro guy, yeah. has like both of those guys, totally. That, you know, which is pretty cool. This um, uh, the screenplay was by the Muschietti brothers, but also Neil Cross, and Neil Cross is well known for the uh, series Luther. Oh, okay. Which is a dope series if you've ever. That's with if you've uh, ever Elbow, seen right? It. Yeah. See, I, I haven't seen it, but it's I've a good heard series. good things. Yeah, I oh, like it a lot. Sweet. I've seen it a couple of times and read the read the prequel sort of book. Is it is it like um, a crime thing or? Yeah, it's like a. It's more of a. It's like a. It's a crime thriller show where like. You know the bad guy. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> That type of thing. Um, kind of like, um, did you ever watch, uh, oh, fuck, what's the name of it? Is it pro- pretty popular? It has Jamie Dornan in it, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, and then uh, Jillian Anderson, who's the X-Files Oh, The chick. Fall? The, the Fall, uh, yeah. I think it's The Fall. I, yeah. I started to watch it. No, that's not The Fall. No, it is no, The Fall. It, Jillian Anderson yeah, is yeah, The yeah, Fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, because the, there's another one that I tried to the killing the killing yeah 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 so I, I started to watch the killing but I haven't tried to watch the fall yet and I just there's there's I know there's shows that I would like I just like right I don't like getting into shows that much yeah honestly, like so. the killing is good I'm in I'm halfway through the last season okay. um it's it's pretty good you know and I find it I think the most the, the reason why I basically watch is that a lot of it was filmed in Vancouver BC right, and right. Seattle so yeah. I kind of like seeing that but then the fall is interesting too um you know, it's all in like England and stuff. But I started watching that, and it's just because it was different. Because you know, it kind of basically follows the bad guy 
you know, okay. for a lot of it, which is interesting and different. But I think I'm on the third season of that. It's been a while since I've, you know, got back into it, but I need to pick those up again. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Speaking of shows, we watched the first two episodes of the new season of American Horror Story. Oh, it's pretty see, good so far. I see. I, yeah. I need to see, that's the cult one, right? Yeah. See, I need, oh man, I need to watch Roanoke and then. Roanoke's a trip. So it Roanoke was, it was a it bad or? No, Roanoke was good. Yeah. Oh, no way. Cool. I, I liked all the seasons though. I like, I liked, Coven is like my favorite season. Which I, is like I like the Co- Coven one. a lot. So like, I don't know. I've liked all the seasons so far. Like Freak Show might have been like the weakest one, but I was disappointed. I, I really like Freak Show. I really actually really liked it. But I was so disappointed when the clown just died all of a sudden. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like he's back in cult. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. In the first episode, <laughs> yes. like the first scene or whatever. <laughs> and then you're because I'm just sitting there like they they pretty quickly explain like who he is, like why he's back type of thing. Because I'm like, how the fuck he died? Mm-hmm. So how the hell does this work? Um, so then they explain that, uh, but it's it's not bad so far. It's like it's they they someone told Ryan Murphy to like cut the characters out because like it's way more trimmed down. Uh, okay. There's like less characters involved. Oh wow! Um, and a lot of new faces, which is cool. Um, but the main two people are a lesbian couple in this, in this season. So that's kind of an, it's like a refreshing, like, yeah, yeah. Kind of take on that. And then Sarah Paulson is kind of like a, she's got some mental stuff going on. That's like <laughs> freaking her out, you know? Um, Cause I heard that she's, was that tryptophobia? Trypto- tryptophobia. She yeah. has tryptophobia, but she also has like a severe, like, uh, phobia for clowns too. <laughs> so it's like that's a combo. But it's like, but it, the way they do the clowns in this one is weird because it's like people with masks. Like she goes to the supermarket and there's like this really weird sequence where like. Um, she thinks she's being followed by a clown, so she's like running around the market, like yelling and screaming. And then she like comes out to the produce section, and it's just one clown railing another clown in the ass, like literally just <laughs> banging over like produce. It's, it's, it kind of reminds me like the shining of that that dude that's like giving. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Where he's like just going down on the the dog thing is going down. On the yeah, eye. like one of the most confusing like sequences in movie history. Yeah. yeah, which apparently is actually in the book. Apparently that scene oh, wow. is in the book, but it's instead of like a whatever it is in the movie, like a bear pig yeah. thing or something. It's like a it's like a dog costume or something. Shit. But that exact scene is in the book. <laughs> so like it's not Kubrick just being weird. It's like Stephen <laughs> King came up with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, but it's like a, it's really a trip that the American Horror Story is getting away with a lot of stuff recently. It's sweet. Like the I'm <laughs> that was like, you know, borderline it was <laughs> nice. getting there like borderline HBO <laughs> they do like a close up of like the hips like grinding on each other yeah, you yeah. know like it's like not it's it's the whole like you know what PG-13 is kind of getting away right, with right. you know it's kind of like that so um, but it's good so far and the, the trypophobia thing dude trypophobia is weird because like yeah. it's very unsettling like yeah. just even if you don't have the quote phobia it's still like for me like you know, uh, I get like the weird. Yeah, like I like, don't. It's funny. I don't have the phobia, but I, I find it interesting. Like I, I, yeah. I, I want to know more about it. About, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's super odd. And then uh, Evan Peters is like a like a Trump supporter. Ah, yeah. So the like the verse sequence is literally like them like the whole Trump wins and Hillary loses. <laughs> you know that type of thing. And he like 
the first thing that Evan Peters does is he screams and is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts like humping his TV. <laughs> and then he takes, he, he blends Cheeto puffs and then rubs the powder on his face so that he can be orange like oh Trump. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. What oh the God, fuck? dude. He's so weird in the season. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah. such a good actor, though. That's he great. Is, he is. It's, he's, oh, and it's just going to get weird. Like, a lot of the clown stuff hasn't really, like, and there's only eight episodes this season. Oh, so it's shorter. Yeah, five episodes shorter than wow, normal. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how it wraps up. Yeah, um, shit. But it's dope. We're definitely, it's one of the few shows that I'll watch, like, yeah, you know, weekly and, yeah. and on, yeah, consistently. Oh, okay, so this is going to be a cool article to talk about. The Room director, Tommy Wiseau, reviews The Disaster Artist. So the real Tommy Wiseau appears to approve of The Disaster Artist, <laughs> a new film about the making of his infamous midnight movie, The Room. Excuse me. The Room has come a long way from its beginnings as... <clears throat> oh, dang it. The Room has come a long way from its beginnings as one of the strangest, weirdest, and worst movies ever made upon its release in 2003. <laughs> it started out as the mysteriously funded passion project of oddball European auteur Wiseau, and then suing years became first a curiosity and then a cult midnight movie and then a cottage industry leading to various related books, documentaries, and other projects. So you and I kind of talked about this a little bit before where it's ironic that he set out to make the greatest movie ever made and ended up making the worst movie ever made and is now super popular because right, of it. Because right. like everyone wants to watch it because it's so <laughs> terrible. Um, and then so he's like... Uh, Wiseau has shared his thoughts on the disaster artist with LA Times, blah, 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 in a TIFF interview. Um... Uh, let's see. The real Wiseau said in the interview that he 99.9% approves of the film, with his only objection being the way James Franco throws the football in the film's reenactment of the room's infamous football-tossing scene. <laughs> so that's it's totally cool, man. You did a great job being me, but here's how I throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you got that one wrong. <laughs> um, and I guess they did the interview with Franco and Wiseau together. And they said, at times during the interview, Franco seems to lapse into a Wiseau-style European accent, as he reportedly did on the set of the film. So he just, like, does it. Like, whether on purpose or not, he just is like... No, yeah, I watched a few uh, of the interviews today. Um, and it's funny, because it's on the couch, or, and I, I watched a couple different ones, but it's it's Dave Franco, James Franco's younger brother, yeah. who's also in the movie. Right. James Franco, Tommy Wiseau, and then... The, the star of the movie with Tommy Wiseau and the room mm -hmm. um, and they're all they're all the three all four of them are sitting on the couch and they're like just talking and stuff and it's weird because like yeah like it's like they're all like friends it's like totally. weird he totally befriended Wiseau <laughs> to he, do this like but there's like a little bit of like weird weird like because Tommy Wiseau is so kind of egotistical but yet he, at the same time he's like kind of like Kind of like, how do we explain it? Sucking up to Franco a little bit, but yet Franco is like uncomfortable with it, so he's like in turn <laughs> like kind of sucking up to Tommy Wiseau a little. It's, like, it's weird. It's kind of weird. That's hilarious. To watch. <laughs> um, apparently, Dana, Jan, or James Franco maintain the accent in front and behind the camera <laughs> while filming. Uh, this is a quote from him. It says, it might sound like some weird B-movie version of Daniel Day-Lewis or something, but in fact, his accent is the most infectious kind of accent to do. You just want to do it. Um, but it also goes on to say... Um, 
shoot. Where is it? Um, when you consider that Franco not only had to play Wiseau acting in the room, but also had to play him directing the room, you know, so, like, it makes sense that he would stay in character yeah, yeah. the whole time or whatever. But it's pretty... I, I don't I like want to see it. I know, <laughs> I know, me too. Like kind of a trip. I'm curious. I mean, it's cool too that Franco did exactly what Tommy Wiseau did. Is he directed it and stars in it? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that it's one of those movies that mirrors itself upon the movie or or the uh, the. the 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 what the movie's about, which is kind of cool. Where like you know like Apocalypse Now, where it's based on Heart of Darkness novel yeah. and how the film kind of experience of making the film actually mirrors the film itself which is always really kind of cool so i love those type of movies um that that have stories like this and granted i mean obviously this film hasn't it's not like this crazy um uh production to it but it's still interesting totally (laughs) totally and they're saying um saying to Given Franco's notorious penchant for performing oddball stunts, many thought his decision to channel Tommy Wiseau in a movie about the making of The Room was just another case of the actor being weird for no good reason, but it appears he actually took the performance very seriously. Franco did such a great job mimicking Wiseau that there's even talk he could score his second career Oscar nomination Wow! for this role. Wow. How ironic that you do a role about the worst movie ever made and you could potentially get an Oscar nomination for it. Or win an Oscar yeah, for it. Which is what awesome. The, what is happening right here? What is happening? I bet Tommy Wiseau was like, what the fuck? He's playing yeah. me. What the fuck? He's I like, know. I should have gotten that fucking Oscar nomination. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, that's hilarious. I think, I thought, I, I really thought Franco should have been nominated for uh, his portrayal as Alien in Spring Breakers, man. Oh, Seriously. totally, yeah, he, totally. His character was so fucking, like, yeah. perfect and just awesome in that movie. But, he was nominated for uh, what was his nomination? The, his first nomination was that for? Uh, oh, it says right here. His first came in 2011 for his role as Aaron Ralston in Danny Boyle's 127 Hours. That's right. Okay, yeah. I was like, it's either 127 Hours or um, the film by Gus Van Sant with Sean uh, Sean uh, Penn, um, Milk. Oh yeah, I, okay. I was like, it's either one of those two. I think <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, so the, this is interesting. I didn't know it had this many people in it. The, the disaster artist also stars Allison Brie, Brian Cranston, Zoe Dutch, 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 Dutch. I'm guessing uh, Zoe Deutsch. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, Deutsch. I know the name, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Zac Efron, Kristen Bell, Melanie Griffith, Seth Rogen, Adam Scott, Sharon Stone, and Wiseau was in it's it. It's pretty awesome. That's a crazy amount of people yeah. in this fucking movie. I'm kind of curious about Sharon Stone's Jeez. part. <laughs> I know, right? Especially since we just talked about yeah, her in with the uh, uh, Vertigo the, episode. Yeah, the Quick and the, the Dead. dead. Um, okay. I wonder who Tommy Wiseau plays in the movie because I heard that too. Because, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. Ben Affleck's Batman scripts. This one's interesting. Ben Affleck reportedly was drawing inspiration from one of David Fincher's films when developing his take for the Batman. Um, it doesn't name that in the film. Okay, so the film that he took inspiration from from David Fincher is The Game. Um, Warner Bros. first Batman standalone in the DCEU. So the DC something universe. I don't know what the E stands for. Uh, has had its fair yeah. share of hiccups during development. While he was previously slated to star, write, and direct the film, Affleck is now only starring. Um, and then Matt Reeves is coming in to 
direct. Matt Reeves, that name sounds familiar. Uh, yes, it does. Um, thing, uh, thing, see, he's best known for Cloverfield and Dawn oh. of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Oh, Dawn, uh, he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Dawn Sweet. of the Planet of the Apes, yeah. Man, underrated, pre- was that underappreciated. The one, that was the one with Franco, right? Yeah, the yeah. The first one, yeah. Dude, underappreciated film series right there. I, I can't wait to watch uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch it in theaters, unfortunately. So. I saw. I actually did see that one in theaters, and I don't know. They're okay. They're just not like my favorite movie series. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I kind of want to see what else he's done, because he's done more than that, for sure. Uh, but anyway, so... Yeah, so Ben Affleck's Batman is based on the game, uh, which is like, uh, let's see. So in the game, a man's entire life is revealed to be part of a giant conspiracy, leaving it up to him to uncover the truth. So they're kind of trying to go even like further than Nolan's Batman did and try and ground it in realism with like... Less Batman, more Bruce Wayne, or more a Batman being a detective as opposed to being a crime-fighting superhero. That, that would be... It would be refreshing because it'd be totally. different where you couldn't... Because I just feel that right now, you know, I actually really like Ben Affleck's portrayal as Batman. But, you know, there's always that... Well, I like Christian Bale better. There's always... there's Right now, yeah. there's always the comparison. But I feel... If you just do something completely new, completely different, the comparison to. won't stand because it's like it would be like, you know, comparing, um, you know, the original Batman you know, exactly. to, to yeah. uh, Christian Bale's or something yeah. like that. Right. Where this the style is different. The themes are similar, but, you know, everything else is different. You know, I know. right. Well, it's and then also like Batman comics are huge. The canon for Batman is huge so you have a lot to draw from yeah like we don't need to do you know there's a lot of different Batman stories that you can pull from um and you know Affleck is definitely wanting to do that more like detective Batman that search that's kind of what the games were more like the Batman Arkham games they were more about like solving puzzles and you know seeing clues and and track and then fighting in between but like really to get to the fights you had to track down everyone and then like the Riddler like the Riddler wasn't like a major character but all these like side puzzles were all done by the Riddler and you pepper in story with him and whatnot it's kind of cool because I feel too what's been missing maybe is more of like a mystery or or something because like again a lot of these movies as much as like I do watch them and like a lot of it it's it's always the same. It's always up. It's it always builds up to like the climactic showdown. Exactly. Why can't the film build up to like you know figuring out a mystery exactly. or something like something something that's different? You know, do some more genre uh, hybrids with superheroes. Because Not, the Batman is that. It is kind of like hybrid or a right. genre hybrid. It doesn't anyway. have to be action superhero. Why can't it be mystery superhero? Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, like Watchmen had a little bit more of that mystery feel to it. A little bit. Granted, you know, it was still more superhero movie, but like it was a little different from what we had seen before exactly. when that came out. But Watchmen now, was before its time, I think, man. That yeah, movie, talk about it under. Well, it wasn't. Well, I guess it's underrated, but definitely like hated or yeah, a little more yeah. hated. I, I, I dig that series. Yeah, no, for um, sure. But uh, 
Yeah, like totally. Like, why not? You know, because that's that was one of the issues I think with the Nolan Batmans is that each movie had to do something bigger. Right, right. You know, it's all about saving the whole world or saving the whole city or something. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, let's just. Batman is some, he's not supposed to just be some billionaire fighter. He's supposed yeah. to be a genius. He's supposed to be, you know, have a mind where he can put together clues and solve yeah. a mystery. So like, you know, it'd be, it'd be I, I hope have, it's I hope it's what I would like to see is like a slow burn Batman yeah, movie, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Would be cool cuz like I mean, I, like, I what I appreciated about Christian Bale's character as Batman in the Christopher Nolan series is that you got a little bit more of his angst. Like you understood yeah. You you got a little bit more of like his his mindset, which we didn't have with the Val Kilmer, the Michael Keaton, the the George Clooney Batman's. We you know we never saw that dark side, that, exactly. that sadness. So that was cool. But now we need something different. We've done that, so we don't want to see Ben Affleck you know moody about his parents' death anymore because we have that from Nolan's. We should do something different where it like you said. Let's let's see the you know the the machinations of his mind. Yeah. Let's see how his mind works, how exactly. it can, because that's different. And when you have movies like Inception and these other movies that are making the audience think, it's not like those movies didn't do well. It's, I think the yeah, audience exactly. would appreciate seeing a movie that has, of course, some spectacle, but also that makes you think and makes you wonder and like the game if 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 Ben Affleck is looking for as looking to the movie the game as inspiration you know it didn't do very well when it came out but now it's like a cult favorite and yeah, exactly. that movie makes you think so i think the potential of this film if it does get made could be really cool you know and just different i think it's gonna be cool and then the, what kind of twist is that going to add to justice league right you know right if they, unless they're not going to be connected at all which is definitely likely yeah. to I, I saw a headline today actually um where ben affleck was talking about the difference between what batman is going to be in the um Justice League films and the Batman that's going to be in his standalone films and how there oh, is going to be a difference. There will be a difference. Because so, they they've already kind of set up the Batman versus Superman to be like very superhero. Right. You know. Which makes sense because you know they're competing with Marvel yeah. with that whole canon and it, all that. So that makes sense because they're they're wanting their money. So maybe if they could get all the money from the Justice League movies and they can make these standalone ones. Yeah. Um but then, you know, like there's also talks about the Joker movie where mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese supposedly might be involved. Might direct, DiCaprio yeah. might be involved in it. And Leto himself is like, what's going on? He doesn't know. And it might just be its own fucking thing. <laughs> it might be connected. Like, who knows at this point? So that's kind of interesting. I'm stoked too. to see where that one goes, <laughs> too. Uh, so kind of rolling off the Batman Christian Bale thing. Um, have you, I don't know if you've seen this, but Christian Bale has uh, apparently gained a bunch of weight for a role as Dick oh, Cheney. Yeah, yeah. So I he's saw like this. getting really fat, and he uh, explains that. Uh, so asked how he'd done it at the Toronto International Film Festival this week. He smiled. I've just been eating a lot of pies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, these are things I don't eat. Because, like, you know, he's got super jacked for Batman. Lost all that weight for the machinist. So, like. And then lost it again for the fighter. Lost it for the fighter. But then also uh, American Psycho, he was fairly jacked, too. Yeah, so, like, yeah. you know he's able to really and when he's doing those you know building muscle like that there's no way that he's eating crap food like yeah, pies and yeah. stuff right but <laughs> if you want to get fat then stop exercising and 
it was funny when I first heard that Christian Bale was playing Dick Cheney. I was like, what? But then when I started, when I saw those pictures, and then there was you know pictures of them to like you know to, yeah. next to each other. I was like, oh shit, it he's actually work. pulling it off. It can work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's it supposed to be for though? I don't understand. He just. I, I don't know. It, is it an Dick Oliver Cheney? Stone film or something? I have no I don't idea. Know. Yeah. I just heard that it's... I couldn't really... I couldn't find too much details about the actual movie itself. Who, like, who's doing it or whatever. Besides the fact that Christian Bale is going to be in it, but... Sam Rockwell is going to be former President George W. Bush. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? That's different. What the Sam hell? Sam Rockwell? Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld. And Amy Whoa. Adams as Lynn Cheney, so Amy Adams will be his wife. What? what the the, that's what I'm saying. Sam Rockwell, like that's so random. Does it have a director? I don't. I don't. I can't find anything like about Holy this movie shit. specifically. What I don't know. Fuck? They better. Hey, all I'm asking in this movie is the part where Dick Cheney shoots his friend. <laughs> yeah, please. please. That has to be in the fucking movie. Jesus. Um, oh, it's a biopic about his life. Okay, yeah, but I don't see a director. So it better be in the movie because that's I think what everybody knows him for primarily. That's what everyone wants to see <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, so let's see which one do I want to talk about next. So we could talk about Mother a little bit because cool. there are a lot of articles about it right now since it just came out. Sweet, yeah. Uh, I have three here, and I don't know which one I want to start with. Um... How much people hate Darren Aronofsky's mother. <laughs> uh, so this weekend's release of Mother has been met with a remarkable response in an incredibly divisive uh, movie, which seems to fascinate and discuss in equal measure. If there's one thing that can be said about it, it's that the movie is truly unique. As such, it makes sense that the film would accomplish things few other films before it had done. In this case, that means achieving the dubious honor of receiving an F grade from Cinema Score, Which is fucking bullshit, honestly. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that it received the F just because like it is kind of like a semi-honor I think it is and it's also probably going to get a lot more people to go see it like why is this movie so bad right like I saw it yesterday I thought it was fucking brilliant I can see why a lot of people hate it though like I understand why for some reason I don't mind it when directors kind of pull like kind of pretentious films like I don't mind it especially if it's shit that I agree with like Part of what Darren Aronofsky did with this film is he was just so angry at the time that he wrote the script about the sociopolitical climate, um, just, you know, about humanity, just about everything, right? So I, you know, uh, agree with his sentiments within the film, mm -hmm. so I didn't mind the pretentiousness. However... I think some people that might be more sensitive or don't necessarily agree with what he has to think or are just maybe more optimistic, even though Darren Aronofsky himself has said he's very an optimistic person, um, they might feel like assaulted after this movie. And Aronofsky has said, do not watch this movie unless you are able to really ride like a punk rock roller coaster and be expected to you know get slapped around a little bit but you know in a good way in the sense of like you know it's not for the faint of heart basically um, so I I fucking enjoyed the movie because of that of course I'm so desensitized to shit that n nothing in the movie affected me and if anything I was re I, I took the quote graphic elements of the film I, I thought they were very refreshing 
because okay. they're kind of new. There's violence um, that, of course, I can understand why people would be against, against it, it yeah. because there are some some things that Jennifer Lawrence's character, you know, or de- you know her ordeal in the film and what she experiences in the film. There are some scenes um, that are pretty intense and some people you know say are completely should just not should it, should it just have been cut from the movie however i think they're so short th- that those particular cuts or those particular scenes are so short um and i think they do serve a purpose because it's just kind of a big exclamation point in the film which ironically the title is mother, mother. in lowercase letters yeah. with an exclamation mark and it's all it's everything in the movie is very thought out and very um purposefully uh done so when you watch it and think of it it's it's definitely a whole it's definitely a piece of art um and some people were saying that you know it's it's not really a a horror film it's not a thriller it's not anything it's it's a statement film and i would kind of disagree in the fact that i think it's both i think it's both a statement and it's both a horror film or psychological thriller um because i think a lot of horror films are that anyway I think a lot of they horror are. films are political and stuff, and this takes it to a semi-pretentious level, but I like that, you know, because I think maybe it'll give people um, uh, a wake-up call to that maybe aren't um, as enlightened as they should be about where we're at as a country or as, a, as, as uh, humans on Earth, um, that, you know, but again, the people that aren't enlightened are so dumb that they probably wouldn't even after yeah. watching the movie not know anyway so I mean I that's kind of a cynical uh, <laughs> uh, thing to say but like I kind of that's kind of how I feel but I would recommend seeing this movie especially if you are fans of you know Darren Aronofsky and are maybe more in tune with like Black Swan or uh, Requiem for a Dream this might be one of those sleeper hits too where like in like 10 years people are going to look back and be like holy crap this is like one of the greatest movies ever made I think like, it will I think it's going it to be it's a movie made for its time yep, and usually yep. you have to like wait a little while to like definitely it, 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 it sums up our time so well that it's going to be like Raging Bull where it wasn't very it wasn't known as like a masterpiece of its time and went until 10 20 years later when raging bulls like oh it's the greatest film of the 80s you know it's mm-hmm. it that's what this is going to be i think mother is going to be one of the greatest films of you know the 2010s for sure okay for sure um definitely in the top five i think um and i mean it's it's the perfect film of the Trump era if that makes any sense <laughs> like, okay. and it's not necessarily about Trump or anything it's it's more it's it's actually more broad than that but you can it's a very allegorical so you can pull all of you know celebrity culture everything from this movie it's really cool I don't know I can go on and on nice. about it I can't wait for everybody else to see it well just real quick um, so this is now the ninth film in of uh, Sense Cinema Scores founding that to receive the F. Wow. Um, so it's a rare quote semi coveted <laughs> um, <laughs> um, score, you know, because it's so rare to get. <laughs> so the eight films prior to this, there's the eight films of all time with an F score. Number one, Killing Them Softly. 
which I did not like at all. See, I like that one. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> um, you know, that was the same dude who did um, Assassination. Right. Right. Chopper. Which, yeah. yeah, which in this article is funny because this article shits on both of those. Really? Oh, yeah. what he's the like, fuck? He's like, uh, the movie was produced for only $15 million, so it's likely to recoup its budget, but it's much better than the $4 million, uh, the $4 million that director Andrew Dominic and Brad Pitt's last collaboration, Assassination, did during its entire run. So he's like, well, he's not really crapping on it. He's saying that the yeah. film just didn't do as well. Um, but anyway, so Killing Them Softly. So this list shows the F cinema score, the <laughs> movies that got that, but it also shows the uh, Rotten Tomatoes percentage score. So Killing Them Softly got 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, but cinema score gave it an F. Right. See, this is what I don't understand. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make any sense, right? The the rating system, rating in general is just ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, Solaris, I'm guessing this is um, Soderbergh's, Soderbergh's one, yeah. version, um, got an F, but 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Bug. Uh, which was which, a fucking fantastic film by uh, William Friedkin. It stars Michael Shannon. Um, you know, it's by the director of... Uh, uh, Killer Joe and The Exorcist and Sorcerer and um, To Live and Die in L.A. and uh, huh. The French Connection. It's a fantastic movie. But Dude, William Friedkin is kind of like he's overshadowed himself. He kind of did. You know? Yeah, he kind of did. Um, yeah, he, his his other his older films kind of eclipsed a lot of his uh, newer stuff, which is kind of unfortunate. But I'm trying to look at this because I don't know if I ever heard of Bug. Dude, you'll like it, man. It's so good. Cinema verite camera work. I'd be down to check it out. I mean, it's very different. It's it's cool. By a screenplay by Tracy Letts, who wrote the screenplay or wrote the um, the play for Killer oh, okay. Joe nice. and August Osage County, and yeah. also Bug. Yeah, so it's it's really good. Okay, uh, so Wolf Creek. <laughs> but got fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if I've heard of that one either. Sounds like a Wolf Creek. It's like a horror slasher kind of Australian horror film. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it, but I've heard I've heard Dude. good things about it because oh. it sounds awesome. Estimated budget of one million and made almost twenty eight million. That's a pretty big. Yeah, that's like a. You know, but also like, you know, you look at like. Ebert and Roper and Ebert's specifically Ebert's when he was alive when he was scoring things he said like Usual Suspects was like one of the worst movies he's ever seen and Hoop Dreams is like one of the greatest movies he's right. ever seen so like you know eh, I don't know people have their own taste right yeah. which feels like whether or not they think a movie's good um, so Cinema Score it's by it's it's through audience right it's, so it's, it's it's through yeah so <laughs> I just had it here um like what that they do. Let me finish the list real quick and then we'll talk yeah, about yeah. how they did it. Uh, the other one is Darkness, which got 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if I've heard of that film either. Um, Greg McLean again? So is it the one that came out yeah, uh, last year? It just says darkness, and I found a film called The fam- Darkness. I'm not familiar with that at all. But <laughs> if it is, doesn't sound familiar at all. If they are talking about, oh no, there's a darkness as a 2002. Okay, oh, this one stars Anna Paquin. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I do. Um, I'm not a fan. Giancarlo Giannini too. I've heard that. He's name cool. Before. He's in like uh, 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 the Bond 
yeah, the first I couple that, I know that films. face. Yeah, um, I know that face. Um, so that movie, Hannibal, I think too, got four percent. Um, and then the box. Oh, I've heard about the box. The box, <laughs> um, the box. which got forty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so, Psycho Thriller. Yeah. Oh, Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this movie. I never saw it, but this movie looked terrible. Yeah, yeah this movie looked terrible. Um, the box. <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? Come on, what's in the box? Hey, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love how like most of these are horror films. Yeah, Bug, yeah, which is Wolf surprising. Creek, Darkness, The Box, Silent House. Um, That's the one with uh, Elizabeth Olsen, right? Well, this one that I found is a Spanish or Uruguayan oh, oh. Uh, movie. Uh, but that one got 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this is a whole... The budget of $6,000 U.S. Woo! Oh, 6000 bucks. U.S., yeah. Damn! Yeah. Uh, but there's also a British silent mystery film from 1929 called The Silent House. And I'm huh. guessing that's not the one they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the last film is The Devil Inside, which is the Ty West or T West movie imp- no that's the, no that's uh that's the house no the, the, the house, house of the, the devil. devil actually i like that that was good so what is this one the devil, devil inside, inside sounds familiar again it's another horror film that's hilarious uh, it's yeah the horror it's like just lives on this list apparently oh yeah i remember seeing like stuff for this it's about like the old woman who gets possessed it's a possession. Oh, it's okay. Probably movie. by the producers of Paranormal Activity or whatever. Probably by one um, producer, and they just marketed it as... <laughs> it was directed by William Brent Bell, hmm. who also did Stay Alive, The okay. Devil Inside, Were, and The Boy. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of like any of those. Yeah, I don't um, think The Boy did very good. Were. Oh, A.J. Cook. A.J. Cook's in... Um, Criminal Minds. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and then The Boy, that came out last year. Yeah, I don't think it did very well. It budgeted $10 million and made 64 Oh, shit. It did better uh, than I thought. Fuck. Yeah, it was a success. <laughs> Lauren Cohen and Rupert Evans were okay, the stars. So this guy's movies, this is weird because, like, he's, like, made, like, four movies. Yeah. And they've all been moderate successes. Interesting. I'm trying to see Stay Alive here too. Stay Alive budget of nine million, twenty seven million is what it made. Like, that's bad. yeah, that's more than double, right? That's quite a Shit. bit. Um, and he's only made four, and that was his first movie. His first movie, no, it's not. His first movie was called Sparkle and Charm, which doesn't have a Wikipedia <laughs> page. But um, yeah, all of his movies, he's a horror director. Um, this was a slasher, I guess. When you die in the game, you die for real. <laughs> oh, God, one of those fucking slut. Uh. Jumanji God, was his favorite dude. movie as a kid, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Matrix all over yeah. again. Um, so, Whirr is a werewolf I was going to say, it has to be a werewolf yeah. thing, right? Okay, so The Devil Inside, and now you can add Mother to that list, which is weird because those other movies are all like, okay, I could kind of see it, but like an Aronofsky movie making it to... Well, that's yeah, ridiculous. Like, I mean, because Mother, like, it's a fucking film, dude. Like, it's a fucking yeah. film. Like, it, I can't... 
it's not on the list. It's, it shouldn't be on the list of the, with those other ones. Besides, maybe for in my opinion, killing them softly. I really like killing them softly. All the other ones though are like trash. Like it's like B cinema yeah, or even totally, C cinema. Which is the, like how can you put them on a list right. of bad movies? Yeah, anyway? it's like what the fuck? Like this is. Oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna start um, ranting. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself. <laughs> this will this will piss you off. So if you're curious for your own edification, here's a few of the movies that have made an A plus. Oh god! The Help. <laughs> oh Soul Surfer, which I've never heard of. No, he's Soul Surfer. That's like Soul a fucking Surfer. Disney fucking thing where it's like the lady. It's like a girl. She like has a shark attack and and she's a surfer and oh she has to like god. build herself up. I never saw it, but I saw oh, the trailers. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. It just looked ridiculous oh my god it's like one dude. of those movies that is supposed to make you feel good because it's about a girl overcoming yep. her her struggle through it because of an accident yep. oh my god oh yeah so this list isn't over king's speech <laughs> the avengers titanic there's such a <laughs> argo and Tangled. There's such, like, a theme there. I know. Like, who, like, does there, this does cinema score have a bias? I wonder. But so, so, yeah, so exactly how does cinema score work? Okay, again? so this is on the cinema score site itself. What is a cinema score for over 34 years? So that tells you how long they've been around right. since, uh, 83? Wow. Think. Um, Cinema Score has been measuring movie appeal by polling moviegoers' reactions to a major movie or to major movie releases. The company calculated, or sorry, calculates its Cinema Score movie grades for major movie releases in the U.S. and Canada by polling a regionally balanced and statistically robust sample of opening night moviegoers. <laughs> I just picture a couple of dudes standing outside of a, their closest theater being like, hey, do you like that movie? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that, 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 the way they had to describe that made, just makes me think that it, it's not at all right. the, the, regionally the, balanced. The language used there seems like it's... Seems like they had to say, <laughs> tried to sound too smart and yeah. try to make it, you know... But I mean, like, because it's such a, it's such a, like, they really have to do, to really have a real... Um, grade that would really work would be like if you're reaching um, a particular amount of Latino audiences, a particular a, a amount of African American, um, Asian American, um, you know, uh, mm. everything, women, um, men, children, even <laughs> depending on the to... type of movie, um, and even um, you know, uh, age. Like I think to really have a, a real. Uh, semi um uh what's the word <laughs> a grade that i really take serious you know yeah. you'd have to take all those into account i don't i really doubt that they're doing there's that no they way. might say that they're try they try their best but there, there's no fucking way they're not gonna spend like a ton of money doing too? that yeah exactly exactly so, how, how do they make their money i mean ad, ads and then yeah i don't know i don't know how how that works in terms of business um but also the blind side that's so nice. Sandra Bullock, right? yeah. Uh, King Speech. See, yeah, Tangled, I mean, all those movies are kind of more uplifting, or they're they're about you know um, an experience that either brings people together or brings someone up from a yeah. you know a dark place or whatever. Exactly. So it's like, oh, come uh, on. Forty Two tells the inspiring tale of Jackie Robinson. That, oh, that got was an a new film, like two years ago or something. American Sniper got an A plus. That's pretty cool. I like American Sniper. That was pretty good. But, I mean, come on. Like, really? Like, I, <laughs> uh, it's the most successful even. R-rated film until, I think, Deadpool. I think Deadpool beat hmm. it. 
but yeah, he was. Yeah, because it was riding the coattails of the whole, like, yeah. Chris Kyle right. fanboyism that was happening. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, so that's the third one, huh? got an A+. Plus. That's pretty cool. I'll agree with that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um... Dr. T and the Women. Never heard of it. Uh, got an F rating. <laughs> what is it star? Uh, uh, Richard Gere, Rich- Helen Hunt, and Farrah Fawcett. I was going to guess. Um, I was going to guess. Uh, what's that guy's name um, who plays Shrek? Uh, not Shrek. Uh, the donkey in Shrek. Chris Tucker? Chris no, Rock? No, not Chris Rock. Uh, another guy. Uh, Chris Tucker? No. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> fuck. Let me look that up. The guy who plays Donkey, man. Um, I can't. I thought it was Chris Tucker, but no, it's uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Or Chris Rock, I mean, I Chris Rock. No, uh, oh fuck. Anyway, uh, also, I just had it here. Where did it go? Uh, Remember the Titans got an A plus rating. Eddie Murphy. Oh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. God. You're so stupid. There's going to be some listener that's going to be like, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, damn it. <laughs> or they're fucking racist. They all think they look alike. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. No, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's Mr. Was it Mr. T and the three Doctor, women? It's a Dr. T and the women. Oh, it just sounds like an Eddie Murphy movie. Maybe like Dr. <laughs> Doolittle is what I'm thinking of. Tyler Perry is yeah. Dr. T and the women. <laughs> it's Sounds like oh, that is terrible. Um, Driving Miss Daisy also got an A plus. Oh, of course it did. Uh, so I'm trying to find. I just want to find it's a heartwarming tale. <laughs> so I just want to find a list of just the movies, but for some reason I can't even do that on CinemaScore itself, which is really bizarre. I I, I went on that the, that site to really read kind of what they had to say about Mother, and I got frustrated with the site and just exited <laughs> out because I was just like, what the hell? It's literally just a bunch of feel good movies. Movies yeah. that like it's it's kind of frustrating, honestly. It's like I, I guarantee like you, like Drive and like Only God Forgives. Up got an A plus, <laughs> of course. Like I bet those, like you know, all these really good films, like Antichrist and all this stuff. They probably did so bad on. Let's these. see. Let's go to the cinema. Let's do start with Drive. <laughs> Drive got a C minus. Oh, uh, C. Wow. Um, what was the other one that you said? Uh, Antichrist. Antichrist. Was, there was one other one you said. Uh, only God Forgives. Oh, only God Forgives. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Antichrist isn't even showing up. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't think they even... See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I didn't even watch it. They're I bet like, Only God it. Forgives the same thing, but they didn't even do that one. That, that alone... Yeah, it didn't show up either. Yeah. Oh, shit. If I type it in right... Yeah, that they don't even look at those movies like at all. That's... <laughs> it's fucking What bullshit. a dumb side, dude. Yeah. This is making me hate <laughs> Neon Demon's not on there. What? What the hell? Yeah. What about, like, John Wick? kind of curious what they think about that that's on there uh first one got a b the second one got an a minus oh wow damn atomic blonde got a b baby driver a minus a minus for dark baby tower driver. got a b dark tower got a b that's what and I'm saying, mother dude. got a fucking the, F? the emoji movie they gave it a b which the emoji movie did terrible though and it got a B? B plus for what it. What the fuck is up with this? Supposedly they're polling people and these are the answer they're getting from people. So Jesus. I just, I don't like CinemaScore already. Yeah, I'm no, I'm not going to. And stupid. the funny thing is I've never even heard of it until until I started reading about Mother. Like, I honestly, stupid. I never heard about no it. No one cares. Yeah. yeah. Antoine Fisher got an A plus from Jesus. them. Uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's number two. Titanic, Schindler's List. Schindler's List is cool. The Fugitive. 
That's the Harrison, the Harrison Ford. Ford one. <laughs> uh, a Few Good Men, Tom Cruise, Demi Moore. These are all A-plus ones? These are all A-plus. Toy Story 2. Of course. The Lion King, Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> oh, and then the last page is just Nicki Minaj. What about Forrest Gump? <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that's a good question. It's probably... Uh, a plus. Uh, of course. What about Pulp Fiction? Oh yeah, A plus for sure. Be better. Oh, actually, B plus. <gasps> Forrest <laughs> got beat it. What the fuck? What the fuck? How is that surprising? Jesus oh, Christ! Everyone, dude, Inglorious Bastards isn't even on here. Really? Unless I see spell it right. That's I... what I'm saying, dude. What is this website like? They yeah, like pick the and choose fuck? movies, like. Like, we're more rounded with our movie choices than this whole website is. is and Hoop Dreams is on here. Like, it must only be new movies. That's Maybe that's what it is. But then, how come they didn't do, like... I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to spend more time on this crappy God, fucking website. God, what the fuck? Yeah, it pisses me off, Screw man. you, Cinema I, I was already pissed off just the fact that, that, that they just gave Mother an F. I was like, really? I don't know. It's just... <sighs> Sigh deeply. <laughs> I mean, you know, but sometimes we're just into movies that just don't, yeah. you know, they just funny. don't click. Yeah, man, fuck. Um, so yeah. Uh, the funny thing about Mother, though, too, is I feel that it's going to be oh, kind of a film bro movie. Unfortunately, think so. I think it might be because huh. Darren Aronofsky, I think, is one of those. He's kind of a little bad boy, right? You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of known to do films that are dark, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think a part of being a film bro is if you can handle those type of movies and think they're cool and, 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 and very um, uh, film knowledgeable, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he kind of appeals to that kind of macho film bro persona which always pisses me off because i am far from that but yet i really like darren aronofsky's movies <laughs> so then i i kind of become the bad guy there yeah and i hate that but that's kind of but who knows maybe i could be wrong uh hopefully it won't become a film bro movie so that i can love it cherish it forever what the <laughs> hell eminem made a new movie that showed at the that too oh, that's supposed to be really good bodied yeah it's supposed to be really good it's like a satire on like battle rapping and stuff but it's supposed to be he like produ- I produced it produced it yeah actually the two guys that i did the morocco thing with um yes he's he he's a he's a he was a rapper um and so he was he was there he was he went to the premiere and um they had like a whole event and everything it was pretty cool sounds like a pretty fun movie i'd like to check that one out when it comes out um so this i kind of we're gonna wrap up here pretty quick but uh i guess three billboards outside ebbing missouri which is the new film by um uh was it martin mcdonough oh yeah 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 uh with francis mcdormand starring uh took home the top audience prize at tiff no way yeah so that won it yeah Shit, that's kind of cool yeah so i, I definitely want to see that that one looks cool yeah that's going to um, give it more of a boost totally for sure it's going to get picked up yeah if it hasn't already been picked up for distribution it, it will for sure because you know in bruges had a pretty good festival run but then seven psychopaths did it so much but i actually liked I it. Like it um but i guess uh it won best screenplay in Venice 
Oh, the new one too. Uh, three billboards. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. So he's definitely got a very interesting writing style. Yeah, it's uh, different. It's very, very dark humor. Yeah, which, which is, I like. You know, it's yeah. gonna be hard to pull off too. Yeah. And the ways that they do. Uh, the first runner-up in the main audience winner category was Craig Gillespie's I Tanya, the Tanya Harding huh. biopic starring Margot Robbie. Interesting. And while the He's second runner-up so. was Luca Guada, oh I, that guy is such a good director. I really romance drama. Call me by your name. I'm looking forward to that. It's like a um, uh, a film about uh, you know this. It's it's a homosexual film. Like, uh, or that sounded bad. Uh, it's it's about. Uh, it's based off a novel in which a graying university professor in Italy sits down with his puffy-eyed 17-year-old son for an unexpected talk, which I'm guessing the son's, like, coming out. Yeah, it, it looks really good, and the director did um, two uh, really good films, um, one of which came out the other <laughs> last year or so called Big Splash, which I fucking love that movie. It has... Uh, Matthias Schoenertz and um, Ray Fiennes and Tilda Swinton. So which, he did I Am Love and A, and a Love. Bigger Splash. A Bigger Splash, that's yeah. what it is. Um, both of those movies were really good. I really liked A Bigger Splash, though. It's really unique, very different. Um, yeah, it's... Very unique, which is why I loved it so much. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorites of that year, uh, A Bigger Splash. Yeah, if, you, if people Ar- haven't seen it, you should check it out. Army Hammer is, plays the dad in this movie. Yeah, it looks interesting. It looks good. The cinematography in a bigger splash was really good, and I don't know if the cinematographer is the same for um, "Call Me by Your Call Me by Your Name." Is it? Is the name of it? Uh, yes. Okay. It, it, the cinematography looks good, though. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I seeing need to that. just go on YouTube and type TIFF movie trailers and just like watch all the trailers for the movies that are showing there because like I've never heard of this there's two trailers that I was just watched recently that look really good so the director um, who did Black Mass with Johnny Depp the gangster film and then he also directed the film um, Out of the Furnace starring Christian Bale and Casey Affleck and Willem Dafoe and he also did uh, Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges Um, his new film uh, trailer just came out uh, called Hostels and it's a western film and it's about Christian Bale as a cavalryman. Um, oh interesting and it looks really good so it looks very um, Cormac McCarthy kind of you know Blood Meridian-esque uh, type of film um, the cinematography looks fucking nuts um, and I just love western movies and this looks just different you know nice. it's like, it, you know um so that's kind of cool. And then another trailer that I saw, which completely took me by surprise because I had no idea that fucking Ridley Scott had another movie out, but it's uh, called um, All the Money in the World. And oh, weird. he directed this thing. It's like Mark Wahlberg and all these other actors in it um, based on true events, this like hostage situation thing. I remember reading about it, but... I was like, fuck, like, no way. I, I had no idea that he had already, you know, he came out with Alien Covenant earlier this year. I didn't know and that he had already filmed movie? this fucking Jeez, thing. Jeez, dude, dude's 80, too. It's I crazy. Know. So I was like, fuck, um, so that looks kind of, it, it looked good. So I was like, shit. Um, nice. It's just different, you know, because, you know, he changes things up, which is always refreshing, because sometimes he does the same, you know, Robin Hood and Gladiator. He does the same type of movies sometimes, but this looks more like kind of crime drama like, right. film, yeah. So it's more in the vein of, like, The Counselor, which I actually really like. So I don't know I'm, I'm curious to see 
what it starring uh, Michelle Williams, Kevin Spacey, Mark Wahlberg, Romaine Duris, Charlie Plummer, and Timothy Hutton. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a few other little cameos from the totally. trailer that looked really. I was like, whoa, no fucking way. Um, so to round out the Tiff stuff, um, Body took home the Midnight Madness award. Uh, and the disaster artist was the fo- was the first runner up, and then the second runner up was Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. Oh, that looks so good. Which I've heard is good. Which stars Vince Vaughn. Yeah. This whole and then and this we're not going to talk about this episode, which I kind of wanted to though. This whole quote unquote Vaughnissance <laughs> yeah. that's happening right now. Ever since he like jumped into like True Detective, True Detective right? yeah. people are like, wow, he's not just like some comedic right. actor. Yeah. He can actually like do stuff, right? So, um, you know, from what what I've seen Brawl and Subblock 99 Do you see the trailer? big No Oh dude Oh the trailer's so good This should it's, be good it's though It's directed by the guy Who did um, uh, uh, Broke uh, Bone, Bone Tomahawk, Tomahawk Which was I want to see like, that Maybe my favorite Or second favorite film Of last year or It's not in my top three uh, Yeah So fucking good oh, dude A western horror movie You have to see it Yeah I've Holy seen the shit. scene I've seen the infamous scene Or at least Well one I guess But the one where they Cut the guy in half. Yeah, like, dude, I've seen that so scene. Uh, good. That scene's brutal. So good. Brutal. I definitely want to see it. Um, it looks super cool. That one stars Craig uh, S. Zoller or something. Yeah, the Craig S. Or S. Craig Zoller. S. Craig. And that one stars. Um, crap, I'm blanking. Patrick up. Wilson and. Um, yeah, but the main guy is. Uh, uh, why am I blanking? I can see his face and I can see the poster. Why am I Kurt blanking? Russell Thank you. And, uh, That's what it is. Kurt Russell. Thank it has you. Um, the, uh, Robert. And it came. It, what was weird about it was because he did it the same year as Hateful Eight. So mm-hmm. he did two westerns in one year, yeah. and that's why people were talking about it. No, I want to see Brawl and Cellblock 99 for sure. That looks sweet. Yeah, um, the trailer is dope, too. What has S. Craig done? S. Craig. I think those are the only two movies he's directed, I think, but I think he's helped write one other movie or some shit. S. Craig Zala. I'm um, sure. Yeah, so he wrote The Incident. Yeah, and then Bone Tomahawk. Brawl and Cell Block 99, and then, then his next one will be called Dragged Across Concrete. <laughs> I so. love his titles. Bone Tomahawk, Brawl and Cell Block 99. He's a horror. And, like, yeah, he's a brutal guy. Cause, so <laughs> he wrote this film, The Incident, which is a French horror film. So he wrote a horror film, but then this Dragged Across Concrete will be an American-Canadian crime action thriller film written and directed by him, stars Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, and Laurie oh, Holden. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. That's Vince dope. Vaughn again, too. So. And, you know, Mel Gibson... It'll be a film know, about police she, brutality. Oh, damn. Yeah. Man, so there's going to be a little bit of movie baggage there with Mel Gibson. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. And Mel Gibson's kind of making a, quote, renaissance, is, you know, yeah. comeback or yeah. whatever, you know. The Vonissance and the Gibsonance. <laughs> the Gibsonance. <laughs> yeah. Vonissance, I can't believe that works yeah, so well. Yeah, no, it does. Um, but no, I, you know... I don't know. I've never thought of Vince Vaughn as, like, a terrible actor. I no, think he was just yeah. getting terrible roles. Right, right. And it's, like, interesting to see him kind of yeah. mature. Like, this is his, like, you know, late... I'm good that... It's like... Like, there's actors do that where they get, like, a certain age in Hollywood and then they kind of mature. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of like John Travolta, you know, from Pulp Fiction. He had his kind of, you know, yeah, comeback. exactly. But, I, but I, you know, I liked Vince Vaughn in... Um, Gus Van Sant's version of Psycho. You know, he played Norman Bates, which he thought he did a pretty good job. Oh, did he? That. Oh, he okay. played kind of a creeper. You know, he he can't. He does have that kind of creepy look or vibe to him when he wants to. You know, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. 
Um, so the juried platform award for best international film was picked up by Warwick Thornton's Sweet Country. Uh, Warwick Thornton apparently did Samson and Delilah, which won the Camera d'Or. See, yeah, I, I, I never watched that. I need to check that out too. It says it's very sparring or sparing use of dialogue and stoic and empathetic. So, oh, interesting. Slow, non talking type movie. Um, I always like watching the films that win the camera door because, you know, they normally <laughs> are by directors that will eventually become fore, forerunners, yeah. you know, front runners of a film. So, the, the Warwick Thornton's quote says, I've never killed off a character in the first third of a movie and had the audience cheer. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Uh, it's a it's a drama about an Aboriginal stockman and his wife trying to stay ahead of a fervent posse in the harsh outback oh, of cool. military. So Western kind of wow. vibes. Yeah, that sounds cool. So yeah. it's Australian. Yeah, I think it's Dope. I think it's Australian. Um, the Discovery Award went to Ava, directed by Sadaf Farogi. I have no idea. Um, uh, her film saw. Uh, it's two Iranian leads blocked by immigration. Oh, I did oh, hear about yeah. that. That's right. There was some immigration issues. Um, so, you know, that's going to add some uh, right. draw to that movie. Uh, but I haven't heard of that one, so I wonder what that one's about. Oh, that one, that's a crazy poster. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, I said, I've seen the, the poster. That's dope, yeah. So, Shit. I don't know. <sighs> that might have played... <sighs> Trying to find a plot for it real quick, just so we can get a. I want to see if that played idea. somewhere else, but maybe not. Maybe this was. That's cool. That now this isn't the one directed by what's her face who did uh, Sadaf Farogi. She didn't do a girl walks home alone at night, did she? Or is no, this the same yeah, one? different lady, different okay. lady, yeah. Okay. But that lady did. Um, uh, a film that came out earlier that I really liked thought, that this yeah. year called um, oh fuck that's bad that I forgot the name of it I really liked it um, <laughs> just a sec I'm gonna check that out real quick yeah so I can't find a like just a basic plot to this movie it seems like it's a drama though um, so you know, if that's kind of your thing. Yeah, French drama film. Uh, where were they? Oh, The Bad Batch is the film that's... directed by Anna Lily Amapur, who did yeah. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. Okay, and that Which, one was kind good. of was, yeah, it was sort of back and forth. It was kind of got an average rating, I thought. Right, yeah, um, it's different. You know, it has like Jim Carrey and Keanu Reeves in kind of small roles. And nice. uh, has, what's that guy? The guy who plays Call Drago in... Um, uh, Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the Fipresci, F-I-P-R-E-S. Oh, yeah, that's covered uh, prize. The the Fipresci jury also gave Manuel Martin Cuenca's The Motive the prize for best special presentation. I haven't heard of that one either. Uh, the Motive, a wannabe novelist tries to turn life into fiction in his darkly comic follow-up to Cannibal. It's a dark comedy movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the NetPak jury gave its award for Best International Asian Film to Taiwanese director Huang Sin Yao for The Great Buddha Plus. Okay. Or The Great Buddha. Either. I don't know what the plus is supposed to be in there. Wayne Wapimukwa's Lukul 
L-U-K apostrophe L-U-K apostrophe L grabbed the best Canadian first feature film award and Robin Aubert's Le Femme picked up the best Canadian feature film trophy. Wow. Uh, the best Canadian short film trophy went to Marc Antoine Lemaire's pre-drink and the best international short prize was nabbed by Swedish helmer Nikki Lindroth von, ba- von Bars The Burden. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. I think it's a... I don't know. You want to add anything else? Anything else um, you have to say? I had some other articles, but... There's one thing that I... Well, I brought up earlier to you a couple of days ago, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up on this because um, I'm a little frustrated still. <laughs> um, so the... The, you know, Denis Veneu or whatever, how you pronounce his name, uh, who's directing the new Blade Runner movie, Blade Runner 2049... You know, really good director. He directed Arrival, Prisoner, Sicario, um, Enemy, just super, super good movies. Uh, he's worked with the composer Johan Johansson, or Johan Johansson, um, a lot. And his scores are, like, the best scores to come out, like, in a long, 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 long time. Like, his music is so good. Like, I, yeah. can, I just listen to him on repeat on YouTube and stuff because they're just so cinematic and they just make the movie. Like, they really make the movie. Um so, when I heard that he was, in fact, teaming up with Denis Villeneuve again for Blade Runner 2049, I was ecstatic because I knew that they would do Blade yeah. Runner 2049 right because Vangelis' score is so iconic to the movie. You can't really have that movie without the score because it's just... It, it's just... Together, yeah. it's, like, it's, it, yeah. it's one. So, I knew that Johan Johansson would definitely do it justice. So... The trailer came out. The, the music sounded dope. I was like, "Yes!" Like they, he did. He, he you know, he, he's he's doing Vangelis proud. Well, so I just found out recently that he is now being taken over by Hans Zimmer and uh-huh. another guy who, I guess, Denis Veneuve says something like, um, "Johan Johansson's like atmospheric and moody sounds are perfect, but I need more than just that." So Hans Zimmer stepping in. Now I've heard like three different things. So I just did some more research today. Initially, I heard that Johan Johansson is not having any credit in the film whatsoever, and that he can't talk about it because they he had NDA. signed a uh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, what the hell? But now I've read that his work will still be in the movie, but as well as like Hans Zimmer's and this other guys. So now I don't know what to believe. Um, I guess we'll just have to see when the credits roll or yeah, however that works. What? Yeah. So, or maybe more will come out later down the road. But When he can actually say something. Yeah, so I'm just like super kind of frustrated but super curious about that because his music is so good. I mean, and like Hans Zimmer, I mean, yeah, he's talented, but he's done so much shit. It, like, he's done so much stuff and he, it's Hans Zimmer, you know? Like, yeah. like I don't know. Um I don't. He's. You can't just stuff him in wherever you want, yeah. right? Like you got to pick the right people for the right job, and maybe he will be. But at the same right. time, it's like I don't know. His Hans Zimmer has a certain yeah thing. Like about he had him. he yeah. had his film this year, which was uh, Dunkirk. I thought the score for that was fucking fantastic. Yeah, like, like, totally. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, I, my that's my little 
my little news thing there that kind of irritated me as well as the whole mother irritation <laughs> so my my news for today is all of like yeah irritation and <laughs> frustration uh you know fair enough though fair enough uh sometimes that's how it goes oh and harry dean stanton died which just sucks harry dean stanton one of my favorite actors he's a famous favorite uh, famous uh character actor died he was 91 years old he was still making movies his last film came out this year um what was the last and uh yeah he's you know he's, he's just stuff you know from the 50s you know what, what the hell he's in uh him, he's in firewalk with me he's in um uh uh so many movies um okay. he was actually even in the new twin peaks film i've seen his um, face for sure um, he's in uh paris texas okay. uh by vim vendors um just you know Harry just Dean countless Stan. movies yeah. but so like it was really said that you know he you know died but at the same time he had a really good life yeah. 91 years old and he was still acting you know it's dope it's so. like ridley scott <laughs> being 80 and still directing right right um so yeah so him and sam shepherd both were kind of for me two really iconic american film actors that have passed this year so that, i think those are the two and that, toby hooper died too right right but you know i don't know so that, that sucks so yeah r.i.p <laughs> All right, let's end it on a downer. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. That's me. <laughs> uh, okay, so if you have any questions, topics, suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact corrections, send an email to ptvfilmspodcast at gmail.com. We're always trying to learn new things, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also visit our Facebook page and join our group to comment on or discuss this week's episode or past episodes. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes and at soundcloud.com slash ptvfilms. If you like the show, please rate it and leave a comment on iTunes because it helps move us up the lists on itunes so others can find us um our intro and outro music was composed by curtis skinner who can be found at skinnyproducing.com skinny <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering if you were gonna do should, it i should have done it damn it, i should have done it better i should have done it more like with jacob okay hold on <laughs> our intro and outro music was composed by curtis skinner who can be found at skinnyproducing.com skinner <laughs> oh <man. laughs> Uh, so um, next week, I don't know if Jacob will be back yeah. or not. We're kind of playing things by ear right now as he prepares to get married because he's getting married next weekend. So, you know, he probably won't be. So yeah. <laughs> uh, for now, we'll probably plan to do another short of something. Um, Something crazy. But eventually we're going to do the documentary thing because I watched both of those. So I, I still, talk I about still those, haven't need to watch God, It's because we put it on. Yeah, it's because we had to put it yeah, off. Yeah, which is all right. Um, so, yeah, we'll post on the Facebook page what we decide to do. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>